Hey, Pat Moran from Bright Advisor. We uh, Today's episode, we talk a little bit about the market, some some different things that you want to hear to investing, get a little tangent on stocks. Not a big stock brokerage firm, but we do talk about some of those things. And in particular, we work a lot with companies and municipalities on the financial education side with our, with our educational workshops. And we also do public events. We have a couple of great events coming up. Ruth Chris on the 17th and 18th here in Scottsdale. If you're in Arizona, I believe the Kagan Gilbert on the 24th and the 26th, as well as October of, of next month, we have a number of events such as a, a one at Morton's. Go to brightadvisor.com, go to the events page, and you can register for one of those events and get a feel for some of the different things that we're teaching our clients to take advantage of. And more importantly, we hope, uh, we hope you'll listen in the future. Thank you very much. Monday. This is the Bright Advisor podcast. Uh, Pat Moran with with Brock Brennan. Brock and I go and handle a lot of the uh, client interaction and the appointments for Bright Advisor. Um, in particular, thought we'd focus on the market. It was interesting. We did a little bit of a, a brief update last week. We were talking about gold and the fact that gold has really been rallying. And I thought it was interesting. I read a couple articles over the weekend that that China, since the beginning of the year, has added over 100 tons of gold to its reserves. Russia is now the fifth largest holder of gold in the world. And a lot of them feel that uh, this is a preemptive move, that the U.S. is going to lose its ability to be uh, the sovereign currency. And if that happens, uh, the implications for U.S. borrowing and debt and things like that could could be somewhat tricky. Monetary policy definitely has an effect on the market. And we saw just with the trade wars and the, the currency devaluation between China and the United States, the jitters and things that it caused for the market. And, and I think there's a tendency sometimes, Brock, I, w- I was talking to a gentleman last night at a, at a, at a party at a, at a friend's house and he was telling me that he thinks that the shoe is really going to fall that the market is really gonna go through a major correction, if for nothing else, that he thinks it's long overdue, history repeats itself, and he thinks that there's all these perimeter problems, uh, such as gold, such as the debt, such as the upcoming election, such as political uneasiness, I saw where Trump over the weekend came under fire for a supposed top secret meeting he was gonna have with the Taliban at Camp David. So you're a young guy, who's got some investments and you're starting off, what do you think about some of this noise and, and uh, does any of this stuff concern you? Um, so it's, it's been kind of crazy. Um, if you're, so if you're in like the individual stock game, stock game, like it can be a little nuts cause it's been super volatile lately, like you said. So, um, it can be worrisome for me though. I'm, I'm young, so I know, I'm not too worried with the day-to-day. I'm looking at more long-term stuff. I'm not like day trading or doing anything crazy like that. So I'm really just looking at a long-term play. But even then, you know, I'm still human. I still mentally look at it and sometimes I'll freak out as it goes up and down. 
But that's why there's uh, some other strategies that we do here that can combat against that. So at least if it's been crazy, I have this other portion sure. of my portfolio that's a little more foundational and will last. But um, we were talking about one stock earlier that, not that we're gonna recommend any certain stocks, but um, we were talking about AT&T, how yeah. it's something we've been investing in. And one thing I really like about it is even though the market's been crazy, um, AT&T will just fluctuate like a tiny bit up or down. Right. And it's pretty cheap right now, so I never like really worry about oh, I'm gonna lose. What's the yield on it now? So now it's around like five point six percent, I think. That's great. When we were buying it a few months ago, it was at seven, so even better. Yeah. But it's been going steadily up, which I love. And even if it has a bad day, it goes down right. fifty cents or something, which isn't a huge deal. So um and then also we talked about doing dividend reinvesting again sure. and again. But it's nice because as we get those dividends, it just buys more and more stock right. long term. Um, and that's one that Today there was actually some big news too. Um, a big uh, management Bell, man, investment Bell, yeah, company, management. yeah, said I think they invested what like two point six billion yeah. in AT and T, and they think it could go up to sixty dollars a share, which I think right now, I think right now it's like thirty seven dollars. So that's huge. That's right, a big upside. Um, so to get like some praise like that is awesome. Just Thank something you, that I've been watching closely. Elliott Management has a reputation for going in, holding the board a little bit accountable. They want to maybe clean up some of the non-core assets. I believe they've identified about $10 billion in restructuring internally and expenses that they would like to, to clean up and add to the bottom line. And, and as I said, the target price is 60. In full disclosure, uh, it's my largest holding. It's been my largest holding for a while. And, and, and Brock's been buying it as well. Um, initially, one of the things that he touched upon, which is a great way investors can get involved with some of these stocks, is in the drip plans, the dividend reinvestment plan. And, and Computer Share, for instance, is the custodian or the sponsor of AT&T's plan. And you are literally able to go in and buy a couple of shares of AT&T, I think it's 25 or $50 of stock directly through computer share. And then every time dividends are paid on AT&T, and one of the reasons that I told you when I, uh, you and I were initially talking why I liked it was because of the yield, the fact that the stock had a six to 7% yield. And if I could get a couple of points on appreciation of the stock price, I got a stock that could you know do 10% with between yeah. its dividends and its appreciation. And, and certainly uh, uh, that's been the case, you know, uh, certainly more, but the dividend reinvestment plan then reinvest those dividends into more shares of stock. And it's a great way to continue to add to, cause you can add 25, 50 bucks. I mean, with my, with my kids uh, in the disclosure department, my daughter has Verizon. 16 year old and lives on her phone and my son has Nike because he's uh, very involved in soccer and, and a lot of the Nike products and so instead of birthdays and monies and how you know, long all these things years um, so they weren't just trying to make good no, money with no them. and many of these stocks we buy for the long term you know it'll be something probably that they'll get when they come out of college because we have different monies identified for college but the reality is is they're getting into it now too you know, Dad, 
I want to check out my stocks. And, and I think it's very important from just a parent standpoint, stepping outside that dividend reinvestment for a second, for us to really spend time with our younger kids, younger generation, much like I spend time with you. Um, uh, talking about stocks and different things that you can do and ways to invest and we have you know great conversations you know you and I are often I'll read an article you'll read something we'll be batting back and forth and, and not that we're recommending you know lots of stock it's just that we're into that and it's a piece of the portfolio yeah I just have like a small amount of money towards that I guess for fun but also super high growth potential so right. I look at it for alright when I'm 30, 40, 50 years Beautiful. old what could these stocks potentially look like sure. and it's just it's kind of just for fun um, yeah. but obviously I'm trying to make money and right now the market's been good even though it's been volatile right. it has been good um, but if it does does take a crap like some people are predicting I this isn't money that all right if I if it goes down 50% I have to sell and lose everything right so I would not do that if I was in a position where that was my only money obviously but, sure that um, diversification is important you know to to wrap up on the dividend reinvestment plan there's so many companies that have you know yeah. dividend reinvestment plans it's a really easy way to invest and, and my kids will you know commit 25 100 you know uh, you know I'll throw money in but uh, it's one way that people can look I think the other message and what you were saying is it's really important to diversify and that diversification like you said it's it's money I can afford to experience a little bit more volatility with I've got other monies in my foundational bucket which is I'm not doing more of this I'm just looking for some more consistency less volatility um, and that diversification story really is something that we pride ourselves on to to help people you know whether the story and do some different things. We also are firm believers that some of the traditional mantras that have been out there, the buy and pray strategy, the, um, you know, different things like that, we are not, um, you know, as readily running to the, uh, you know, to the plate and just taking advantage of something like that. We really are looking at strategic other ways to really open up the perspective and game, you know, front of all the things that are potentially Real quick available. before we wrap up, when you are looking at individual socks that you're interested in, uh -huh. um, like what are a few of the biggest metrics or numbers that you look at to say, all right, this is something that I think is strong over the next five years or something? Right. I Well, first of all, just that. Is it something that I want to own? I mean, Warren Buffett says the best. If I'm buying this today, would I be comfortable owning it for the next 10 years? Yeah. Um, that's going to certainly be one of the parameters. Secondly, what is that adding in the way of diversification or value to the portfolio as far as what I'm looking at? Good management. Um, love a yield. Most people don't realize that dividend yields are great. You can do, you know, these CDs and, and, and short-term savings accounts are virtually paying nothing. And you've got stocks like AT&T at 5.7%, good company that's paying me 5.7% on my money while I'm allowing that thing to grow over the long term. And I can see myself owning AT&T for a long time, much like we talked about, you know, with Intel when it was down in the in the 30s. And, you know, we've done well with that in the 50s now. Uh, um, General Mills is another one done real well. Again, bread and butter companies, industry leaders, been around a long time, pay dividends, 
good management, good track record of historically raising those dividends. Dividends, I think, are a great way for investors to to value to look at a company because the management, by raising its dividends and paying dividends, I believe is telling the story that things are going well. We're rewarding our shareholders with dividends. We wouldn't be paying out those dividends or raising those dividends if things weren't going well. Um, and so I think that that's a you know a, a reaffirmation that the company's on track, and and I love to see that consistency: five, ten, fifteen, twenty years of, of dividend raising. So some of the things that I look for in that area of the portfolio, um, and those are going to be more of your total return, blue chip, large company type stocks. As you move down and you get more into the growth type stocks, you're not going to see necessarily as much dividend play as you are looking for appreciation potential. Um, so a couple of things that I dabble in. Um, and at any time, I might have eight to 10 yeah. holdings. I know that you, you're you playing with some different things. And for uh, young guys, so you know, I always joke, this could be you know, uh, my son, one of my sons, um, you've done very, very well at you know, plotting away. So um, what are some of the things that um, you would advise your generation? You know, you have a huge, uh, big part of the population. My, my baby boomers is obviously one of the biggest and we're retiring every day and will so for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. You're starting off. What are some of the things that you would tell a young investor? Um, so I'll frame it like this. This is what I'm doing instead of, you know, this is what I recommend. I'll just tell you what I'm doing. Um, my goal, I think a lot of people my age, they're trying to find like an extra hundred bucks or 200 bucks a month that they uh -huh. can spend on having fun or doing something. But I, I think it's way more important to put a hundred bucks, 200 bucks away for the future. And if you start now, you know, it'll, it's amazing what it can do. So what I'm doing is we're talking about a lot of individual stocks right now, which is fun and it's sexy, I guess. Right. But really, that's just a small portion of like small. the money that I put away. It's more just I play oh, around with that a little bit. Um, and it's interesting. And I learn a lot. But the majority of the money I would put away, it would be into like a Roth or something where it's attached to the market and it has it up and down. And then obviously here we do a lot of index strategies, which without getting into it, you know, has a a floor of zero so I know I'm not going to lose my money and then you still have upside potential so I like those things what was that one product you looked at last weekend that, or last week that had really good performance and it was uh, it was I think it was a, an index universal life wrapper yeah what was yeah it was story? in a it was in a life insurance product um, but it the way it works is all the money I'm putting in, like a small portion of it, obviously, is buying the insurance. And the rest of it is just going into basically an investment okay. side of things where it builds up cash for you in the long run. Um, but that particular product, instead of some others I've looked at, that is just like the stock market, uh -huh. which obviously we know is kind of crazy at times. Right. It was a little more diversified in um, like gold and some so I think like commodities, S&P and some yeah, cash. Yeah, it had different it was... things. Um, and it had outperformed a lot of the other ones I had looked at. 
Um, so that's just something a little different right. to put your money into. But I know with that particular product, the worst I could ever do in a year was like minus one and a half. Right. So it allows me to sleep really I think well. In at thirty night. years, it had only been down twice. Four times in thirty yeah. years. Right. Last year was down, you know, a couple and it was averaging like ten percent. So not only was right. I getting peace of mind, but I was also getting upside growth. But again, so as a young person, I would just focus on putting that money away every month, okay. treating yourself like a bill. Where you put it, you know, everyone has their own opinion on that. But I think if you just put it somewhere, it's going to be better off than obviously spending it or not doing anything at all. So that would be the biggest thing I would say. I think it's really important what we preach in our financial workshops with the numerous companies that uh, and municipalities and things that we work with is the ability to budget. Understand where your money's going. What's happening with my cash flow? If you're not understanding where you're spending your money, then you're not going to know where to cut back, you know, where to uh, potentially save. Because it, if you don't have a budget, you're not seeing that. Most of the people just so spend, 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 spend. They hope at the end of the month something's left over, and there never is. Yeah. Um, well, my one buddy, he. Uh, my one buddy was like, hey, I would like to talk to you about some of this stuff. Uh -huh. He's like, just so you know, like I don't make that much money, whatever, whatever. Right. And we went and looked and he's plus like 700 bucks a month. That's fantastic. I was like, dude, you're doing fine. You're doing way better than right. most people. And he has like very little debt, just some student debt. But um, I was like, dude, we could do some things here that would be really well sure. uh, for your future. So, um, you know, it was nice. We got to look at that and he doesn't really have to spend any more money, just reallocate where he was putting it. Okay. Um, and he still has this money left over in case something happens, right, that he can put towards savings. So he had no idea until he actually just looked at it. He thought he was doing bad and he was actually doing, you know, very well for that's someone terrific. that's 24, 25. For you. I mean, like a month, that's yeah, yeah. phenomenal. His expenses were low, which is great. He wasn't, he was living below his means. So just something like that, it's nice to know. I, I think it's funny, people, to me, it's very important. We're in this business, so obviously we think about it all the time, but um, some people just don't even think about it. They're just like, well, sure. I hope when I get my check and I spend all my money that there's some left over. To me, just take a little bit of time out of your month. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to do it every day. Just maybe at the end of the month to see where you're at. Um, could have a really big impact. So the three or four things that we would tell you is number one is you're a bill. You're your most important bill. So the first thing you do is pay yourself then pay your bills. Don't go the other way around because paying your bills and then I'll say what's left over, there's nothing ever left over. So pay yourself up front. Number two is know your budget. Understand where your money's going. What's happening with my cash flow? Do I need to go out to uh, five times a week and have Starbucks at $10 a day? That $10 a day could really impact your future. We always talk about in our seminars, just find that five to $10 a day that you can put away that that $300 a month and, and invested it, you know, seven to 10% could be worth a million bucks in 30, 40 years. So understand, uh, you know, finding that, that extra five to $10 to invest, know your budget, setting up an emergency fund. It's shocking that I just read 68% of people said that they couldn't put their hands on $400 if they had an emergency in 30 days. So having that, that money, because we all know emergencies happen all the time. So having some, some extra liquid cash, I think is really, really important. And then at that point, um, you know, you can look at some of the things you had mentioned, the Roth, there might be a, a 401k with the company match. We recommend up to the match, obviously no, uh, nothing more than that. Why is that? Um, well, because we think that taxes over the long term will go up. 
and this paradigm of deferring, deferring, you know, here, because I'm gonna be able to pull out my money here when I'm not working, you know, I'm making as much in a lower tax bracket, we're not really finding that happening. We're finding, if anything, this. So if we defer all this extra money, you have a partner in that scenario called the IRS, and you don't control future tax rates. So we know that taxes historically have been considerably higher. We're in the lowest tax environment we've been in in 70 years. Taxes are on sale. And we tell clients, especially with IRAs, things like that, or older retirees, one of the greatest benefits is that 160,000 of AGI up to 320 of AGI, we can only pay 2% more in the way of tax. And we feel that if taxes just go up one or 2% after we you know, reshuffle some of this money with tax money, the, the client wins. And we know once we have that money, there's some great things we can do once that money's out with some tax-free type strategies that also provide protection with long-term care, critical illness, you know, uh, guaranteed retirement income, and on and on and on. So uh, the 401k to a point, the free match is it's free money. You know, at least take advantage of it. The reality is, is uh, about half the people in this country don't have access to something like that anyway. So the uh, the responsibility is kind of on them, or maybe they reach out and talk to you, or or you know get some good advice. Uh, in the in the interest of disclosure, we are not stockbrokers, we are not lawyers, we are not CPAs. You know, feel free to reach out to your trusted advisor. These are just our opinions that we're sharing with you. Mine, based on 33 years of, of plus experience and and Brock, uh, you know, really helping me and, and helping uh, to be groomed to kind of take that next step in this business uh, uh, for us. We're really excited to have him on board. Uh, it's like anything else. These are what we feel are some things that might make sense. If you have a trusted advisor, please reach out to him. Um, we always are in the camp that no one has monopoly on good ideas. So um, second opinion sometimes can bring things to, uh, to light that you didn't know about. And more importantly, that we're independent. We do what's in our client's best interest from a fiduciary standpoint, which is the big buzzword now. That's funny. I always thought we were supposed to act in our client's best interest. Uh, and then lastly, we really pride ourselves in taking a look at the entire you know, landscape of different things that are available to you because I would argue some of the problems that we're having with savings, some of the underperformance that we're having, the fact that Dalbar that studies investor behavior says that most people only hold things for three to four years and substantially underperform is because they're all taught a certain way. They're all taught to do this. And frankly, a lot of those things just aren't proving that they work real well. Managed money sometimes is underperforming. The buy and pray strategy is underperforming. It's really hard when the market's taking this big dump to stay in there like you talked about with the intestinal fortitude. And most people don't realize that seven of the largest 10 drops in the stock market from a point standpoint have happened in the last 18 months. Everybody remembers 2008 or 2000, 2002. The worst day of the market was just about a, a year ago. I think it was a year and a half ago, around February of last year. So that patience that you alluded to earlier, especially for any investor, is really important. Anything that we recommend is certainly not to get in today and out tomorrow. Uh, and we have a very uh, hard time in this country of, of short-term, short-term rewarding ourselves and not realizing that there's repercussions in doing that. And, and we've always said that the dirtiest four-letter word in the English language is not what you think it is, it's debt. 
So uh, try to do the best you can to get out of debt. Anything else you want to leave on today? I think we've said enough. So, so again, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, if you have any questions, please reach out to brightadvisor.com. I will mention that we have a, a lot of seminars coming up. So if you go to brightadvisor.com, our events page, we'd love to have you at one of our seminars. We talk a lot about you know tax planning and, and uh, different ways to generate tax-free income, protect yourself, and uh, some of the investing philosophy that we adhere to. But we're always happy to help, so feel free uh, to reach out to us anytime. And thanks for listening today. This has been Pat Moran and Brock Rapman.